Clay, this episode was going well, going fine, doing everything that I would expect a Star Trek Enterprise episode called Carpenter Street to do. And then mm-hmm. someone's like, hey, it's October 2004. And I sat there flabbergasted. I said, why is no one talking about the breaking of the Curse of the Bambino at this time, mm. especially in Detroit, baseball city? No one's talking about this? Garbage episode, one out of five, and that's the podcast. Well, you know, Detroit, you know, the Tigers, they're not going to be following. I mean, you're right, though. It is it is a worldwide story, but I, I would rather talk. <laughs> it was the if hearts you and minds of everybody. That, it washed away the stain of 9-11. Yeah, if you want to talk about that, I'm fine talking about that because you know I wanted to mention you've got three kids now, right? Yes. You've got a little that one. I you've know got a full time job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a full time job. I have a, a demanding career of smearing ink on a page every mm-hmm. day. Um, what my what I'm getting at is I feel like our time is valuable, and this episode <laughs> was just a waste of fucking time. And if you want to just jump to the patron stuff and just go through that i'm fine i don't even really want to talk about this episode so well we, we, can, do, we of, can do whatever you want we have a lot of patron comments from kid rock eminem and every member of kiss <laughs> that we need to get through finally stuff. yeah i mean fi- we've got a lot of people chiming in about finally detroit gets a uh, representation in star trek so <laughs> with, with one white guy who uh, encompasses Detroit, which is very fascinating. We're going to break down Carpenter Street. So we're going to take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll have brief thoughts of our own, and then we'll go to the patrons after that. You said I'm supposed to play some crucial part in history. Does this have something to do with it? I wish I could say that it does, but I don't know. I told you, none of this was supposed to happen. You're not being very helpful. Why are you here? We've detected three Zindi where they're not supposed to be. This expanse is filled with Zindi. I'm not talking about the expanse. I'm talking about Detroit, Michigan, 150 years ago. Carpenter Street is the 11th episode of the third season, aired on November 26, 2003. I guess that makes sense. They couldn't predict the the World Series at that point. That's why it all comes together. So why did they go to 2004? Anyway... It is 9 out of 13 in the temporal... They, they went back in time from the future to a point in the future that they couldn't predict because it was too close to when they actually made the episode. Perfect sense. What, what a strange... Anyway, it is 9 out of 13 of the temporal Cold War arc because Daniels is in this episode. It is 12 out sure of 28 is. in the Zindi Crisis arc because we're in the middle of the third season of Star Trek Enterprise. Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Directed by Mike Vehar in Universe Date. It's specifically not known in 2153, but it's October of 2004. The Red Sox are about to win the World Series. In this episode, I am currently skipping class to watch the Red Sox come back and beat the Yankees from being down three to one. And yeah, then yeah, that we had a they were what the hell's AMC? What the fuck is baseball? I haven't watched baseball forever with the ALC ALCS ALC championship. Yeah, yeah. So they were down to the Yankees three games to nothing, right? Oh, three to nothing. That's I right. Was, yes. I think it's three yeah. to nothing. And they came yeah. back. They won it four to three. And then we had a very satisfying sweep against the Cardinals. I think it was the Cardinals. I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, in this episode, Archer and T'Pol travel back in time to start these to stop the Zindi reptilians in 21st century Detroit. <laughs> Carpenter Street. What a yep. dumb episode of Star Trek. <laughs> what is, is happening? 
What is going on? You sounded negative on this one in the opening. What do you, do you want? To, do you want to start this? Do you want to explain I, what's going on? It's I. I don't know. It's like it's not. It's not a travesty of narrative or t. It's just I don't know what was why why are we do it why are they doing this? It's it's perfectly fine down the middle boring enterprise episode in the middle of a season long story that they just bail out of so they can save money to do this in Detroit in 2004, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like what? I don't understand the point of any of this. Yeah. It's just and and on top of that, why are there so many John Carpenter references in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's based on it's not like it's sending up the thing or they live or it's just it's Detroit. What's a what's in a John Carpenter reference in it? It's called Carpenter Street. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy named Loomis. There's a guy named uh, Lawrence Strode, like Laurie, Laurie Strode. Okay. And there's another person named Myers. It's a bunch of Halloween references. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that is. I- what? Why? <laughs> it's not a horror episode. It's not like a. It, it, I don't know. It, like what the hell's going on? I just. It's. I. I. The end of this episode. I've thought that was perfectly fine. It was a waste of my time. Yeah, just this here, there are many references to horror film Halloween. The title street name is a reference to Carpenter. Loomis is Dr. Sam Loomis. Lawrence Strode is a reference to Laurie Strode. Loomis talks about Mr. Myers, a reference to Michael Myers. Loomis drives an old station wagon, much like the one Myers mm-hmm. drives in the film Halloween. I don't know. They don't explain yeah, what the That what was the, the other thing. Are. The opening thing, it's like, oh, it's 2004. Why is he driving a station wagon from 1975? <laughs> I just don't know what's going on. They, they, uh, Berman made sure they got the. They made me made me fucker guy back for this, <laughs> so that's always good. But like, I just don't understand what's going on. Why are they doing this? What does this? Can you at least tell me that this does this? Uh, biological weapon comes back in some form later on. Well, I, th- I like, mean, this is what they've been talking about for a few episodes. This since Rajin, which uh, Rajin gets her Regine or whatever gets her shout out in this one because Arch is like, "Hey, this reminds me of that other episode." Um, no, I didn't even I didn't even notice that. It's the biological weapon that they're working on. That's like a secondary weapon to their main weapon. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this plot line exists in general great payoff for that story they already have a weapon that they're working on so this is just confusingly unnecessary my um this is probably the worst time travel star trek episode i've ever seen it's real it's it's pretty bad like not even 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 when daniel shows up he's like (laughs) archer's like wait a minute if they went back in time to do this how come it hasn't affected you and he's like well it hasn't reached us yet yeah what okay well, i guess this is Dan, Dan, again i mentioned at the start this is a, this is the temporal cold war just because daniels is in it a mm-hmm. i could have swore archer thought daniels was dead at the end of the last time he had seen him but i guess not because he's not surprised when he shows up he's like i was expecting him uh come. well i thought that too but then i thought it was like a you know, it's not, it's Daniels's interaction is not linear, but yeah. honestly, that wouldn't make a ton of sense in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's my, like he would have to be linear for any of this to really track. I think, I don't know. I think the Daniels stuff is, um, pretty, 
like exemplary of enterprise problems, right? Like he exists in this episode just as a way for this plot to happen. There's not really mm-hmm. a time cold war time reference here. He like he it, the show it's just such a lazy show. Down to the fact that like the Zindi <laughs> are going into the past, right? And they talk about mysterious future guy and mm-hmm. Daniels knows nothing. He's like yeah. useless. He doesn't know anything about what's going that on. Was, that was my favorite part when Archer's like, what about the 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 shadowy future guy that the Suliban were led by? He told us this was going to happen. What do you know about that? And Daniels is like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And also, Daniels is written so poorly for what his conception is. Archer's like, there is Zindi in the past. And Daniels goes... They've been there for two months. What the fuck does that mean? How how does Daniels have any... How does he straight face say they've been there for two months when time yeah. means nothing it's, to him? What right. does that mean? Yeah. Like, just yeah. go send, send them back, them to back before two th- months earlier. Does yeah. Zindi get there? Then Daniels <laughs> w- wouldn't have anything to say like that. And like, right. the Daniels character needs to be this annoying... I know it's annoying, but he has to be that kind of time travel character who, when Archer says, can we stop it? Daniels is the kind of character who always says things like it's already happened. You know, like mm-hmm. th- like there's a Daniels is so into he can't be this like moron of a temporal agent. He has to be deeply invested in the time travel aspect where he's not really shaken by anything and he speaks in riddles because time is just like he's beyond time in some ways. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do any of that. He's just this moron who shows up and Archer asks him a question. He's like, you got to go back and you got to stop this indie. I can't tell you anything about this for plot reasons. So just go yeah. and do that. And then we'll fill in the <clears throat> blanks maybe later on. I don't know anything about why this is happening. Can't tell you anything. They've been there for months, even though time means nothing to me. It's just such a lazy character, such a lazy, stupid writing. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I actually did like the cold open. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you're not expecting to see a Zindi and... Talking on a cell phone. Yeah. (laughs) In 21st century Detroit. Uh, I don't know why that guy keeps his pizza in the bathroom. Yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah. Interesting choice. Um, But yeah, I thought that was a fairly effective cold open to be like, oh, wait, why is there Zindi on Earth in in modern times? I like the way everything looks on Earth in Detroit. I kind of like the look of it. It's very dark and very depressing, but it's kind of neat. I thought that camera, like the the direction and stuff was strong. And then... There was... Sorry, speaking of the camera and direction, did you notice the scene when they're interrogating uh, Leland Orser there? Um, It like goes, it like turns into an episode of The Shield for a second Mm -hmm. where like they start going handheld and they start, they do like a a zoom in (laughs) whilst T'Pol walks over and grabs something and then they zoom back out. It was really strange. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just know they don't usually do that stuff in Enterprise. I I think they're trying to separate the... um the timeline type stuff. But mm. I don't know if you, I, I don't have anything else to say about Daniels in the temporal cold war. I don't know if you have anything off of that, but he's just, he's so exemplary of what the show does badly. And Berman mm. and Braga are just like, they seem to be the key writers in these things where it's just like, did, did no one think about this? Like, what, what are you talking about? Why are they going into the past? And why is yeah. Daniels here to deliver this? And why is going into the past you go into a room on the ship and trip just watches you go in <laughs> it's the command center it's not even a, like i thought at first i thought they were going into daniels's bunk or something 
uh, which I don't know what happened to that. And maybe they, <laughs> they cleaned it out when they did the retrofit, but, yeah. um, or the refit or whatever they call it. Uh, but yeah, they just, he's like, meet me in the command center in an hour. And then he walks out and it's full of Christmas toys. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other thing, um, and feel free to chime in whatever the, the Zindi, this is a time travel episode that has so little to say about why they're time traveling that it actively undermines what the Zindi are capable of doing or or it mm-hmm. it brings up questions about what the Zindi are doing. A, there's just so many. Why did the Zindi choose this time to go back to? Why did, why did they choose 2004 right. instead of... Because it was cheaper. <laughs> right, instead of 800... AD, no. where no one no. will understand what the hell is going on and they can collect all the stuff. Why did they have well, to go? Well, I'll tell you why. They couldn't go back to 800 AD because they needed someone who understood blood typing. Right. Yeah, well, right. Because to, to they, they don't understand how to do blood typing. They can travel <laughs> into the past, but they don't know understand how to do blood typing. Why are they even doing... though Even though the machine they've built is based around the concept of human blood types, they can't actually do that themselves. <laughs> they can't scan this stuff. They have to do the blood work. Why, if they're going to go, if they can go back in time, go back and do the Simpsons joke of you step on the bug that crawls out of the water and you stop yeah. humanity from sprouting. Why do you do this complicated? There's no, there's no rationale for why they go back to this time. It's just such mm-hmm. a poorly, weirdly conceived thing. And if they can go back in time... Earth is more Earth is just more fucked. It's too right. powerful of an ability to be able to go yeah. back when, in time. When did the Zindi get time travel? Right. I Have guess they, they got it from Future it? Guy, but no one seems to be able to confirm that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, but Future Guy's not helping another, them, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they got time yeah, travel from. Yeah, it adds another like impossible to deal with overly powered layer to something that was kind of already in, you know, vague to begin with right it's yeah it's a really weird choice do you think they accomplished anything with the time travel here no 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 it's <laughs> it, it did you get some comedy out of the time travel with ordering hamburgers in the 21st century actually uh the scene that i did like was when they first got there and <laughs> even though <laughs> even though they had just been transported 90 million light years or whatever and 150 years into the past to paul still doesn't believe doesn't it's believe time, it's travel. time travel <laughs> i liked i liked her being a dick about it still even though but uh yeah like why did he take to paul why did he bring an alien into yeah, the instead of trip, trip or read yeah. or something yeah i i don't know it uh it's it honestly this feels like fan fiction to me yeah yeah from the let's take a detour to go back to earth in the 2000s to the fact that they're doing this weird purposeless john carpenter thing it just feels like fan fiction it feels like something you'd find on on an enterprise message board or something yeah yeah it's 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 an episode that's what if the zindi had time travel Ooh, i'm gonna write that We'll we'll get into i think there's deeper levels of weirdness to it like more um overarching things but it's it's one of these bad episodes where you're watching it and everything just seems so ridiculous as you're watching it like the loomis they hire this guy to 
take blood to kidnap people to like assault them and kidnap them and then drain their blood over in this warehouse. And the Zindi come out and give orders to him. And he's like, I, I can't see, I can't see their face. They're just, they're mm. just in the shadows. They're wearing fucking shiny purple spacesuits. <laughs> talking to him. It's not like they're talking only on the phone or over a loudspeaker. Well, to be fair, he did say that was the first time he had actually saw him. But he doesn't. Remember, he doesn't describe it. The Archer's like, "What did he look like?" He's like, right, "I don't he know." Yeah, he doesn't. Describe I don't know what the, he, he he didn't. There was nothing distinguishing about yeah. him whatsoever, except for his shiny purple spacesuit that he wears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was kind of wondering that too. It's just so. But then he Loomis has a line later where he knows exactly what the Zindi do when he's not around for some reason. Like, he's like, they come down right. every six yeah. hours, they change their stitches and they give them stuff. It's like, how the fuck do you know? You, you said you never saw them. How do you know all this? Well, they left the instruction manual out and he was flipping through it while he was having a smoke, I guess. How about you pull us pull us into something more cohesive to complain about with this episode, which I think is very bad. But so Enterprise is, Enterprise is smack dab in the middle of this season, right? Mm-hmm. What's going on with this Zindi arc? I don't know. This is like the point in that story where something serious should be happening around this point. You know, you're at the halfway point of the story, if you want to call it a singular story. Um, something's got something's to happen. Something, something has to move forward. There has to be more stakes or something or... Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know Zindi, what's going on. Perhaps, you know. What's that? Learn about the Zindi in some way. Sure. We, we still don't know much about them, but you would you would expect escalation <clears throat> at this point. And I guess I guess the only escalation unless they're dead, they've got like four of them now, right? Yeah, they captured them, I think. I I my I think they're alive. So, they'll obviously use them for some kind of information thing, but th- that was a that's a long way to go for a ham sandwich is this entire journey just to get the Zindi guys. Correct. I, I think that, um, and I think that there's a, there's a comment here. Jakey's Gamer says, I feel like they introduced the concept of the second, seek, the second weapon just as a way to pad stories. It was kind of fun to see Daniels again. I guess DePaul can't deny time travel anymore. Other than that, there isn't a lot going on for this one. Two double super beefs without lettuce out of five, but for 40 cents extra, I can make it a four. So the second weapon... That's, that's the only thing they have to say with their time travel is isn't the value menu at McDonald's a fucking is it? heart attack or something. You know? <laughs> it's come a long way. <laughs> the second weapon of the Zindi is, as Jason says here, I see no reason for this to be the case except for they have to pad this somehow. And right. they can't... Yeah. But I don't understand because they haven't exhausted the option of telling you about the main weapon. They haven't told us right. anything about the main yeah. weapon. So why do we need right. to pad this out with a secondary <laughs> Zindi thing where they have a biological weapon that so specifically they need the blood types of people? It's not like you, not like coronavirus or, so, or like Ebola cares about our blood types. It's like you just infect us and you die from mm-hmm. it. And um, also wasn't the point of what Rajin Rajin did to already get all this information? She like, got did, she got she did, yeah. right? She she, she scanned, scanned Archer everybody. got human DNA information, which is apparently useless now because they need specific blood types. Uh yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's it's uh first of all, that episode was way too far in the past for any of that to really track and 
and I mean, we've been watching these consistently. Yeah. And I didn't remember that. Yeah. Not that I've not that I'm known for remembering this stuff, but <laughs> like if if you were watching this week to week, that's just in one ear out the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really weird side quest. And it's not even a side quest that like you know, they end up on a planet where they're going to try and test it out. They time travel back to Earth. It's just a really weird attempt to raise the stakes for this biological weapon, but it's somehow less relatable than if they had used, like, some planet in the Expanse to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, yeah. There's just nothing... Going back in time at this point with no purpose other than to stop this random thing from happening um, really undercuts any of the tension of it because time travel stories usually aren't just about the thing that you're going back to do, you know? Yeah. And this one is explicitly just about that. Well, I, I would agree with you. I'll say that the other thing that the show tries to do, which is obnoxious and ties into the weakness of what Enterprise is at its core is that the runner that Archer and T'Pol have is that T'Pol is appalled by how humans are acting in the 21st century, where they're eating mm. meat, they're punching each other when they need to find out information. It's a lot of moralizing about stuff. And my understanding of the setup of Enterprise is that they're not that far removed from Earth at this point. Mm -hmm. So... Going back in time for Enterprise to present day is the least impactful time travel that Star Trek shows can do, really, because it's the right. least amount of jump into a distant past that is not all that distant. T'Pol might have been alive during this period of time in sure. Earth history. Um, it's just... I really hate that moralizing, and it stuck out again. It stuck out in something like um, North Star, the Western episode that we watched, where at the end, Archer's lecturing this guy about we don't have bigotry anymore. It's like the whole point of the show is that you're a prequel. You're supposed to suffer from these things. Like, what is what is Enterprise right. if you're not going to embrace that idea? And to have it here just be like that neutral zone episode of TNG where the characters are just like laughing at the characters from the 20th century who are like, we don't have money, dickhead. How dare mm -hmm. you come into our like our world and tell us uh, like things that need to happen? It's like, what's stupid moralizing about nothing? And I don't know. And also, it's a 9-11 allegory, pretty explicitly, this story, that their only way they touch upon it is the guy goes, I thought they might be terrorists. The, right. he, the guy Loomis thinks yeah. the, the Zindi are terrorists. It's like mm -hmm. that's the that's the depth of your take on this. There's no allegory. I saw I saw the shiny purple suits and I immediately went Afghanistan. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> if I find those shiny These are the purple. guys that hijacked the planes. How do you it's the show is so scared of saying anything. It doesn't say anything ever about yeah. about the topic that it's talking about. Like I mean, and maybe you could say it would be too um it's too explicit. Archer, Archer goes back in time and is appalled by how modern Americans are talking about Islamic terrorism. And he's like, oh, oh, this is how I feel about the Zindi. Like, that's a yeah, terrible sure. thing. 
They don't. No. They don't do anything. They don't touch no. anything with any kind of points. It's just Archer running around with a phaser in 2004, spying on Zindi, who are building a bat signal to send a <laughs> virus into the air. Yeah. Um, I I have to assume this episode is just a money saver because they could shoot it on a back lot somewhere, and you know, there's there's four people in the whole thing, right? Although, I mean, they did, I don't know, they did do a lot of exterior shots with cars and shit, so maybe it wasn't as cheap as I think it is. But um, even if that's the case, that doesn't mean it can't be about anything, you know? If anything, it should make be you the work priority. a little harder to make sure that, yeah. yeah, it should be the priority to make it worth doing instead of whatever this is, even though it has Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. As one of the Zindi, yeah. Yeah, which I, I forget where I saw it. It might have been on the Discord Somebody just recently posted a quote from him saying that being on Star Trek almost because of the makeup almost caused him to stop acting. Yeah, he did. he was he's claustrophobic and he hated the makeup, I guess, mm. and didn't and considered quitting. It was an early role for him, so he just took it as a a thing to do, but uh, freaked out quite frequently because of the makeup, which does look pretty claustrophobic. Um, yeah, he's not doing anything in this he's just no, one of the no, generic no, no. zindi is yeah. him i don't even couldn't tell you if it's the last zindi standing at the end who, <laughs> who knocks over the vial and archie goes no and just grabs it before it rolls over the thing yeah, terrible the, uh, terrible the, the nicholas cage in the rock yeah. shot of him diving over to grab the vx gas before not as not as not as uh intense as that also also the plan he was just gonna dump it into like an ex- like a, a fan, a venting yeah, fan, a vent fan. <laughs> What's the? I don't know, man. I mean, I guess when your back's against the wall, you got to do you got to do something. Yeah, and that's the best he could do. But no, it's like the, just, the vent fan of a pizzeria or something. He was yeah, about to, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, I yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this episode because it's just, like I said, it's just a waste of time. It is a waste of time. I mean, I would, I would, I would agree with you that if you think this episode is supposed to be saving money, this is the wrong approach to that. I think that the way you maybe save, like the the way, you, fundamentally, I think that the show at this point has not done anything to explain the Zindi in any kind of way. And so their plots always just seem like they're random plot of the week type stuff that we're getting sucked into. Mm-hmm. And if you just spent an episode with the Zindi or you spent an episode just with Archer talking about the Zindi or something like in his ready room, I feel like you accomplish more than this. Uh, really going back in time needs to be about something. And this one is just so, empty and devoid of what that means to the point where the Zindi going back in time only raises problems for the storyline in the future about like, what can the Zindi do at this point? This is, it's really just a misfire on every, every level. I don't have, I I really don't have much to say about it because it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a point to it. There's no, there's nothing going on really. in it. It's just, it's just an empty, strange, weak episode in the middle of a Star Trek season that's tied to a serialized story that doesn't go anywhere. And it's kind of, it's kind of summed up by Trip at the end where they've only been gone for like five seconds yeah. in Enterprise time. And it's like, oh, well, I guess that's over. <laughs> Next. <laughs> 
<laughs> got something to, to the show next you, Trip. Thing. Yeah, I got a, some Ninja Turtle ooze here. I need uh, flocks to look at. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> yeah, I... I, I, I just don't know what you're supposed to be doing like the the time travel thing with the zindi like like you're saying we don't know anything about them to the point where it took me a couple minutes to go wait a minute why do they have time travel mm-hmm. like that that that's that's a huge development if the zindi have fucking time travel right yeah um yeah it's you know it's failed know. archer's still there time travel hasn't helped the zindi to this point unfortunately the, he hasn't yeah. reset the timeline or anything yeah, it's just it's just uh it just seems like a like if you told me this episode was shot last because they had like one extra episode they realized they had to do on the last week of production or something, you know? Like yeah. it, it it has that feel to it. It's like, okay, how can we quickly jam one of these out? Let's just grab a bunch of crap. Zindi's sure time travel people love that what's well we can shoot it on the back lot if it takes place in 2004 so let's do that well we get the car here you know what that reminds me of the car from Halloween what if we name a bunch of stuff after John Carpenter stuff that yeah. would be fun why should why does it have to do with anything no it'd just be fun what the hell <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ross says another time travel adventure in a contemporary earth which we just saw in Voyager's futures end TOS's assignment earth and DS9's past tense but smaller and more boring why take the alien woman to a time where her discovery would change the timeline? And since the Zindi have all the bio info and know the best Earth ship is not really a threat, why bother? Oh, a car, they can't drive it. Hilarious. The med tech is annoying and the action quite predictable. Two syringes out of five. That's I, the other thing, too. They give them a fucking, like, Doctor Who sonic screwdriver. Where yeah, they can just that, that unlock was, cars and shit. Take money out of ATMs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's just it's that 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 was a, it's a really strange device. It's really just like we need them to be able to do stuff. But Archer's light comments, he's like, you know, people used to go to jail for stealing money. I'll take five hundred dollars. And then to Paul's like, we'll give back whatever we don't use. It's like thank. It's like it's like at the end of Dumb and Dumber where they give him the suitcase full of IOUs. He's like, those are better than money. Yeah, I mean it's. We mentioned before about why, like on a narrative, is it Ludo narrative? I think that's the term. But we're like within the narrative, why is T'Pol going? Why bring the only alien to Earth? Like you might as well bring Flocks or something like that if you're going to go all that right. way. But T'Pol is clearly there just to provide these stupid moments of fish out of water with Archer mm-hmm. on Earth, which is much more understandable in a comedy episode, right? Like this is a grim, dark biological weapon in Detroit story with darkness everywhere and sucking blood out of people and kidnapping prostitutes to drain them of their their vital organs and stuff like that. And to Paul's just like, what's the deal with a Big Mac? It's like, well, why is she here? Why is she here? It's just so ill-conceived. And it's um, the thing about this episode and the thing about Enterprise is that Enterprise just feels like you called it a brand show, but it just feels like it's a Star Trek show that's placeholding and they go, Mm. Star Trek goes back in time. We should have a time travel episode. Okay. And oh, in Voyage Home, Spock and Kirk had a lot of funny things in the past. There's a lot of funny stuff like Spock didn't understand anything. Maybe T'Pol did not understand it. Okay. Put that into it. Is this about anything? No, not really. And 
That's it. Well, I mean, few so few people remember that Voyage Home also had that main plot where they were trying to stop a genetic holocaust from happening. <laughs> that one would have killed 90%, though. This, as DePaul says, only kills 80%, and therefore humanity will survive. Clearly, we'll survive 80% of our population being wiped out. Cool. Um, at least at, at least if they had taken Paul, at least if they had given Archer like a moment to gloat or something about the fact that time travel exists. Yeah. You know, but they don't even do that. I mean, I like I said, I, I thought it was fun that she kept being a dick about it, but like they don't even like resolve that element where she's at the end. She's like, you know what? I guess time travel does exist. Yeah. Here's I, I, your dollar. It's all it's just so. Paul does bring that up, and it's also like, lest we forget, time travel and Future Guy are what kicked off the Zindi stuff because Future Guy mm-hmm. warned them about what was going to happen. Like, Paul's being real stubborn about that. Yeah, she. Yeah, the, their whole mission is based on time travel at this point. So, and what, what, what she's really Dan- flying flying on faith, I guess. Daniels can't. He can't, and she never questions where did Daniels go. <laughs> he just disappears off the ship and comes back. Well, she never saw him. She's, right. She's, she's, she's Has she just, ever seen him? Yeah. She must have seen uh, him sometime. I don't know. I mean, this one she doesn't. So it's like it's Archer showing up at the, in the middle of the night Yeah, at her, at her room being like, uh, we need to go back in time. So if you could meet me <laughs> in the command center, go to the, go to the wherever and find yourself some period appropriate clothes. <laughs> Was Why do they have... I know. 21st century period appropriate clothing. <laughs> Just in case? Just in case. I was going to ask you if you thought it was appropriate 20, 20, 2004 clothing that they're wearing. I think it's borderline. Yeah, I, I didn't really notice it that much. Uh, His trench coat looks remember. kind of futuristic to me, so maybe it's, it's a 50-year yeah, future I coat. I don't remember what the style of that time was, <laughs> even though I lived through it. Archer, Archer has a chin strap beard. <laughs> <laughs> to Paul, to Paul has frosted Bangs. tips and a poop necklace. <laughs> Archer's low rise, low it's rise. It's a little late jeans. for Jinkos, but they <laughs> just be wearing Jinko jeans, chasing him, and Archer's just getting tangled up in his gigantic pants. Um, yeah, and did they when when um I don't remember when they when they start the car and the radio plays. Is that a real song? Or was that a? I don't think so. No, no. it was a. Uh, it was a monster truck ad. Oh, it was a monster truck. It was truck like a ad, Sunday, right. Sunday, Sunday. It was one of those things. All right, that sounds good. Something they didn't have to pay for. Uh, Nick the Rat says, "I really enjoyed this episode as well. Once more, another time travel again. Post another time travel repeated. Archer has a face like he's always smelling a fart. It's true. I don't know. I mean, Carpenter Street. Before we go to final thoughts, um, is Halloween in Detroit? Is it outside of Detroit? No. No. It's Haddonfield. Illinois, Illinois or something? I think it's Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Um, why Detroit in this episode? I. Why anything in this episode? I like. If they're going, to, if you're going for impact, it feels like you should go to New York, where if you drop it in a pizzeria event fan of New York, you probably have a greater kill ratio than Detroit, which is still a city, but it's not New York City. And then um, they could have had like a beat the clock thing where it's like they're going to drop this down the vent of the number one pizza joint in New York. Yeah. Oh, my God. They all say that. How are we ever going to find it? 
It's, it reminds me of um, one of my favorite movies that is not a good movie, but I love is uh, Virtuosity, right? The Denzel oh, and sure. Russell Crowe yeah. movie. Yeah. But um, it reminds me of the the Sid, one whatever his name, the Sid, Russell Crowe's character, the Sid character who records that message. Uh, uh, uh. That with, with the bomb is ticking faster, faster. Mm-hmm. We should cover mm-hmm. that movie. I love that movie. That's a great Russell Crowe movie. I I remember finding out about that movie and being blown away that it existed because I don't think Denzel Washington has ever done anything like that ever before or since. In terms of like a hard, like a hard sci-fi type yeah. thing, yeah, almost yeah. a B movie. And, yeah, and so. It's always been a bit of a curiosity, so I, I wouldn't mind covering that either. Because it's early in both of their careers. I, I just yeah. I love Russell Crowe as Sid in that one. It's such like an unhinged, like really wonderful performance for uh, him. And before he started getting paid billions of dollars yeah. to sleepwalk his way through a bad English accent, and yeah, it, it's, it's just uh, you're in my world now, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a fun sci-fi good good movie. It's the opposite of Carpenter Street. I think we're done talking about Carpenter Street. Do you have anything else you want to say in this section? No. Oh, I have one. Loomis, the main character mm. guy. Um, strange choice in an episode like this that he is not a redeemable character that, the char- that our characters work mm. with. You know, he's... Mm-hmm. He's arrested at the end, and I assume going to prison. He has been abducting people and selling their blood for fairly small amount of money um, <laughs> that the Zindi are giving him. The he, Zindi, they weren't going to pay him, right? No, no. Where are they getting their money from? But you know what I mean. Like normally, you'd have a normally that character would provide just a little bit of insight into something, right? And he's completely not redemptive and in a way that just shows the emptiness of his story. Like I don't, there's not much else I can say about it, but just like, how do you not have that character either mean something or have some kind of overarching theme that matches up to the story that they're doing, or he represents Archer in some way, like he's an Archer type character. He's just, just a guy in this that they, they use to find out where the Zindi are. Yeah. That's it. Eats, he leaves pizza in the bathroom. Yeah. Dirty pizza. So, is are is it are you to assume that he has eaten other pieces while in the bathroom and that's just where he left it? Yeah, I think so. Like while he was on the toilet, he, he was brought the box pizza, in and, <laughs> and he left it on the sink. On the sink, yeah. So he's not washing his hands. Unless he went in there, maybe he's even eating pizza while he's shaving or something. I don't know. I mean that that's more that's the that's the story for me. Yeah, where where what is this guy's the secret? Behind the bathroom pizza. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's it. We'll close it out there. Carpenter Street. Let's play another clip. We'll come back, read some patron thoughts, the remaining patron thoughts, and then we'll give our final thoughts about Carpenter Street. Hey, 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 I didn't do anything. We got a tip says you did. You're just lucky all six of them are still alive. Those two cops who came to my place, they offered me a deal. That's the only reason I helped them. I don't know what you're talking about. Get them out of here. Those creatures... The lizard people, they're around here somewhere. You got to find them. No problem. Get right on that. Be careful. Be careful. They got ray guns. Yeah, ray guns. Got it. 
Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed our coverage of Carpenter Street, you can support us on patreon.com slash the Penske file. We're very close, $20 away from our Voyager fund at the time of this recording. The month mm-hmm. uh, start rolled around, knocked a couple people off, but we're $20 away from that goal to do every single Voyager episode. If we don't get to that goal, we'll just do a curated list. So that's what it is. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. You get extra podcasts. A couple dollars a month, you get extra podcasts. You get extra uh, polls to decide what we talk about. You get some videos that are not available to everybody else. You get to play some games on the Discord channel. Blah, blah, blah. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. And as always, our Captain Cheer supporters get a special thank you. Special thank you goes to Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Samuel Custer, Andrew Cherlog, Matt Ross, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Christian Pouch, Cardinal Doomsday, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Darth Mosk, Vault 13 Hero, Russell Elledge, HH28, Stefan Minton, Derek Zajak, Paul Rosco, Jake123, Pointexter G, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Santuan, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, Nick the Rat, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Groppler, John Zorn, Rayhan Jaffer, Zane Majors, Dave Davies, Soil Blue Retail, Patrick Seba, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunters, EWNF Remixes, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan, Mark C, Matt Houston, Jonas, <sighs> Loki, Bella, I'll get that eventually, and Olivier Pardur. Thank you very much for two questions. Us. One, is the Micro Machines guy still alive? Two, can we get him to just read through those? I know, I need to hire him on that. Uh, what is that site where you pay celebrities? Oh, cameo, say, cameo, yeah. <laughs> Get them to do a cameo every month. <laughs> we were considering you're going to need to do this uh, once a week once until a week. we finish <laughs> Star Trek Voyager in three years. Have him rattle those off. We were considering doing it ads for the podcast. Just have Jonathan Frakes say like, "You're listening to the Penske File. It's the greatest fucking podcast I've ever heard in my life." But they apparently you don't do ad- they don't do. Um, ads paid promotion mm. stuff it's part very, of the terms of service very smart that they it put is that in yes there. yes yeah <laughs> so instead you just get brett Favre accidentally saying how much he supports white supremacy or whatever is, they, jonathan frakes supporting stormfront.com you can get all your <laughs> <laughs> jonathan frakes reminding you that the storm is coming <laughs> yeah so we don't have cameo unfortunately it's too bad. Anyway, thank you, patrons, for supporting us. Let's go to patron thoughts. We read a couple of them. We'll read some more. Rayo says, Carpenter Street, Archer finally defeats someone with his fists. If only he weren't a chair-bound prisoner who had no chance of fighting back. You get the impression that if Scott Bakula was cast as Jack Bauer, 24 would have been canceled in a matter of hours. To Paul rants about how greedy and violent past humans are, but Loomis lives in abject poverty and is the only one being and the only one being violent is Archer with his beatings. And to Paul, she shoves a gun into Loomis's face for smoking. One of my favorite actors, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, nearly quit acting altogether because of how awful doing this episode was. We've seen many Star Trek episodes dealing with the past, but this feels the worst of them all when this was made. Watching Kirk try to drive a 1931 Cadillac V12 Fleetwood Roadster was far more entertaining than this. 0. 0.5 out of 5. Well, it's great to know that sometime between Enterprise and Star Trek 2009, driving cars comes back into vogue, mm-hmm. which explains why Kirk knows how to drive that antique corvette yeah in that scene that i love so much more more realistic attempts at driving here we're out of fuel we need gasoline (laughs) how did he know that like he looked at the thing and he said it's a gas pump it's a gas pump yeah he knew he doesn't know he doesn't know how the car works but he knows that the little icon is is a gas gas pump pump. i'm surprised he didn't do the thing of um the thing that I only learned when I was like 36, which is that the gas pump has an arrow on it that tells you what side the the 
tank is on. Oh, right. Yes. He, I would have been blown away if Archer had recognized that. He'd be like, we need to pull in on the left. The gas tank is over there. Um, Cerulean that says... That's just a very strange scene because DePaul's like, what is that blinking? He's like, it's a gas pump. It means we're out of fuel. And she's like, huh, where do we get more fuel? And he's like, that's not the problem. <laughs> And then they cut to them very easily getting, getting some three hundred dollars out of an ATM. Yeah, very weird episode. It's another. It's and another also, moral lecture of the gasoline thing. She's like, didn't humans know by now that burning fossil fuel was only going to create a greenhouse effect? And then it's like, okay, okay, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. And also, when Loomis abducts the the prostitute, there, he's he talks to the other one first, showing his face. Yeah abducts her friend drives like 35 feet down the road before he pulls over and and chloroforms her. <laughs> this guy was going to get caught no matter what it didn't matter if archer showed up to, to feed him to the cops uh and th- those he works as a blood he he's like a phlebotomist or something in his day job mm-hmm. um yeah quite a mix of people going in for various blood work. I guess the prost- I was going to make a comment about that with the prostitute doing that as range, but I guess the prostitute would be the one that you would expect to go in for some blood work, maybe semi-regularly, but I don't know. It's a very very put together uh take on it. And yeah, he just It's just they hired the, the Zindi hired him because he's a phlebotomist. <laughs> Who has access to the blood bank information and they cannot scan these people. To figure it yeah. out. What a what a strange thing. Cerulio says, there's a couple simple rules to follow when you make an episode where the crew goes back in time on Earth. There needs to be a likable character from the past that helps our heroes like Terry Garr, Sarah Silverman, Mark Twain, or the mom from Seventh Heaven. The people from the future need to get things slightly wrong, like saying their Vulcan counterpart did too much LDS or something's pretty groovy in 1996. Also, the humans should be the ones criticizing the awfulness of their ancestors, not the snooty Vulcans, because Vulcans already criticize humans in the 23rd, 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th centuries. It's a good point. This doesn't have any of that, and it's devoid of any of the fun usually found in this type of an episode. One out of five. Uh, Ewan Tibbetts says, I'm the Joker, baby. Latin Librarian says, I was excited what? when I... What's that? Is that a reference to... I don't understand. I don't, I don't get the reference, but it's I'm the Joker, baby. Thank you Don't get your it. support. <laughs> Maybe it's a Carpenter reference. Latte Librarian says, I was excited when I saw Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the credits, but he wasn't utilized very well. T'Pol's references to Earth running out of, fuel, out of oil made me laugh since that is so far from what the world is currently worried about in terms of global energy. Two veggies out of five. I'm Jonathan Frakes saying, I'm the Joker, baby, and shields up <laughs> all around the southern border of the United States. I can't say this. <laughs> the critic joke. Filled with green penis. This is terrible. I can't. I can't read this. It's like frozen peas. Um, thank you, Latte Librarian. Cardinal Doomsday says it's to be hoped that Daniels makes a great scrambled egg because he's useless as a temporal agent. A nasty episode full of nasty characters and really bad lighting. T'Pol is unbearably self-righteous. I want to punch your lights out. I wonder if John Carpenter watched this tribute to him. One piece of dropped bacon out of five. I tribute. I hope that was in quotes. It was in quotes, yeah. Okay. Extra G says, out of all the Star Trek goes to current day episodes, this one is absolute rock bottom. Try to have some fun with the crew when you have them in a contemporary setting. Don't just do Archer is annoyed at the drive-thru sale. 
drive through upsell, or DePaul doesn't think Archer can drive a truck. Give me Terry Garr and a transforming cat, or Sarah Silverman versus Ed Bagley Jr., or humpback whales, nuclear vessels, and double dumbass on you. I'll take anything besides wandering around Detroit at night. All this episode gives us is a role so bad that Jeffrey Dean Morgan nearly quit acting. Which one was Terry Garr in? Terry Garr. You keep you keep reading. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, oh, she's in the, that Star Trek episode. You'll find it. She, it's in um, Assignment Earth, I think. Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yep. Uh, Kyle Barrett says, Carpenter Street, a weird mess of an episode which I should feel, which I feel should have fully committed to its 20... 20- 2000, excuse me, 2004 setting by cutting the terrible scenes on the Enterprise altogether and just explain why Archer and T'Pol are in the past on the fly. It's so oppressively dark and grim in plot, tone, and visuals that any attempt to do any fun character-out-of-time elements typical of these episodes fall completely flat. But when it embraces the unique atmosphere, mainly in the first act, it's an enjoyable diversion from the regular Star Trek with a good performance by Leland Orser. However, the Zindi Reptilians and their shiny purple suits look silly at best of times, and placing them in 2004's Detroit just makes them look even more preposterous. Considering the reactionary 9-11 storyline this season, it's also a missed opportunity to travel back to 2004 and not draw in any parallels with the actual event and 21st century human reactions, especially with the recent eugenics wars available as a stand-in event. Two out of five. These are all that's very right. good points that I didn't even realize, but <laughs> that's, yes, it's that's like... Right. It's it's after World War Three or something at this point, isn't it? Yeah, well, in yeah. Well, the Star eugenics Trek would history? have been... Maybe not yeah, World War Three. Eugenics yeah. war was 1990s, so... <clears throat> It seems like everybody's bounced back from that one pretty well. <laughs> Detroit's never looked better. I don't. I mean, Kyle brings up a lot of points that I. It's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, additional strangeness. Last comment from Tom Hickey. Not saying it's great, but I love this episode. He didn't say it. He says I enjoyed this episode. It kept my attention. Has good pacing and a touch of humor. That said, the premise of traveling through time to bribe a blood bank employee to abduct people to collect a sample from each blood type is totally bonkers. Three out of five. Thank you, patrons, for that and your comments. You can support the show on patreon.com slash Lipensky file. People brought up some good good ideas. There are a lot of ones out of five on this. Uh, they brought up some points that we didn't mention, although, although everyone seems to think that this is a colossal waste of time and an unfortunate Enterprise episode. Are we being too harsh on it? What are you going to give this one on a scale of one to five? <sighs> this is tough because I want to give it a one, but just based on the fact that it that it is a colossal waste of time but it is a like it's a it's fine like there's nothing wrong with it production wise or anything like yep. the it's kind of asinine but it doesn't not make sense what about the way. what about the point that in the grand scheme of an arc that's spanning a series does that make this worse like i would i think that my my grading of this one depends on how important you think this serial Zindi story is, right? If you if you're looking at this as as we usually do as a one off Star Trek episode, it's like this is perfunctory and fine, and it's a two. And mm-hmm. I I I would agree. Like I didn't I wasn't actively watching it, going like this is terrible. What is going on? But I, once it's over, you're like that was perfectly fine. And terrible at the, at the right. same time. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just arguing it's, against why one might give it, or arguing for one might why you might give it a one instead of a two. Yeah, this episode is kind of like um, Star Trek. Star the Star Trek, the Star Trek equivalent of uh, hold music. Mm. 
when you call when you call a uh, a service and they put you on hold. Yeah, no, it um, is. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with a one, because like I feel like in in this at this point in your like you're saying in this part point in your larger story, you got to be doing something interesting. Yep, and they're not, and they haven't, and. Yeah, I don't know. I I think an episode like this at this point in the series and season yeah. is kind of unacceptable. So I'm going to give it a one based on that. Yeah, I'm. I I think I would agree. I t- like pretty much agree with you. I think it's a two out of five in and of itself. I'm going to give it a mm, one yes, I agree. because yeah. it's so stupid. It's like yeah. it's just a it's a terrible time to have this episode. It's a bad episode on top of that, and altogether, it's just like it's just treading water and again this is one of those things that like if enterprise at least tried something if they were like trying to do something as we mentioned and as kyle was saying just about like characters at this time will have an opinion about a terrorist attack that killed a bunch of people they should probably talk to some of those people and see how contemporary americans were feeling at the time right the show is it's stupid. It's like, wh- why, what do you, if you're either not going to push this Zindi arc in a satisfying way and actually expose something about the internal plot mechanics of what Enterprise is trying to do, and you're not going to talk about how it thematically ties into the plot of the Zindi by talking about how actual Americans felt at the time, I don't know what you're doing. This is just a yeah. stupid episode. That's a huge, you know, honestly, I, w- I wasn't even really thinking about that as I was watching it, but that's a really great point. What a huge missed opportunity to 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 really get into the into the interesting character stuff of making that comparison of of what happened in the future versus uh and for the, the show, from the show's the, point of view it was contemporary they wrote this in 2003 right. like 911 right. had just happened there's no it's right. not like they forgot that 911 happened and they're like oh that would have been nice to tie that in it's all they would have been thinking about yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it is really shocking that they don't. If your if your show if you're, the the thrust of your season isn't is a nine eleven allegory, and you go back to the present after nine eleven, and nobody brings it up, <laughs> what? Yeah, what the hell's the point of yeah. any of it? Yeah, we're both going to give it a one. Um, I think it deserves it just for what it is, but it's it's a it's a two on production level. But we're both going to give it a one. I think. Uh, that's it. Thank you, patrons, for your thoughts. Thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Best way to support us. Much appreciated. It's got to improve from here. It must. This has been the nadir of the uh, the season so far. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, check out Rotten Horror Picture Show. We've got uh, Ken Russell's The Devils, which I think should be up at this point. Yep. Our next episode after that is... Uh, the abominable Doctor Fibes, mm. which is Vincent Price, very fun. Um, and badass is probably back; should be back soon. I got to get one more in the can before I can start putting those out. But sure, we're ve- very, very close. Very close. All the shows are coming back. Thepenskefile dot com. If you want to find them there, otherwise they're on all the podcast apps and everything, and they're on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube. That's it. Oh, and this month on Patreon, we'll be doing, Amanda and I will be covering Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. After so the final chapter, be it's fun. time to turn the page and start yes. over. Yeah, the other Patreon stuff besides Friday the 13th, part five, are A Clockwork Orange. And I think that's for our sci fi movie. 
And then I think it's um, a TOS rewatch of Omega Glory. So a TOS episode. That's the the board game where you each get In 25 like, minutes, shoot, I will take over. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. And you shoot little balls at each other from across the thing. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wait. No, that, that, that's a. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, you're I'm talking about crossfire. crossfire. Yeah. <laughs> where if you lose the game, you burn in hell forever, which is my yes. favorite. Um, best, best commercial. Great commercial. S- hands down. Best. I don't know if you could call that a board game. It's, it's a board game in as much as Hungry Hungry Hippos is a board game, I yeah, guess. Or um, foosball, kind of. Is foosball. Yeah. 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 I guess I don't really know what those classif- are classified as, but the commercial for Crossfire was fantastic. Did you play Omega Virus? Uh, I never really did. Uh, they had it up at Cordy's condo. They yeah. used to play it all the time, but it was never a game that I got into. But they really enjoyed it. Yeah, we. I used to love it when I was little, but I might have. Uh, I'd like to play it now just to see if it was actually as uh, complicated as I thought. When I was younger, I was like, "Oh, this is a very." in-depth game that i'm playing but now it's probably mm. just yeah you move the guy around and you find the virus and as the board shuts down you're you have to find it sooner rather than later but just, just don't play it with dave because he will fuck you he will cheat cheater 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 um and a great voice from 25 minutes till i take over <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it carpenter street we're back with the next episode which i think is called proving ground chosen realm chosen realm is the next episode and after that, we're that's the, that's next to the proving ground. Yeah, the chosen. Realm. Well, the proving ground is the episode after chosen realm. So oh, there we okay. go. Sure. Um, and at that point, where this is now the halfway point of the third season. Quick thoughts. Halfway point. Uh, halfway to what? That's we'll figure it out where I'm at. Yeah, it's I don't really know. Uh, they got they got to start doing something with this. Um, cause the episodes that they're doing, like if the episodes they were doing were fantastic, I think I would care less. Yeah. Like you mean maybe, as standalone Star Trek episodes? Yeah. 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 I think I'd care less that the overarching thing is a little bit light, but, uh, yeah, I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I mean, it's too much of this early focus has been just the idea that we need to find the Zindi and their weapon. And it's just been mm-hmm. this hunt thing where it's not even sufficiently backgrounded where you can kind of ignore it. Like the Zindi are present in all of these things, but it still has never evolved past. We need to find the Zindi mm-hmm. and Archer and them have found the Zindi in a couple episodes, but they still walk away from it going, we got to find the Zindi. <laughs> still, it's right, like, yeah. how many Zindi do we need to find before? Like, I know that they're looking for the council or whatever, but it, like, boy, oh boy. Um, it The Dominion it actually, had more, the first appearance of the Dominion had more backstory about the what the Dominion were all about right. than this 10 yeah. episodes of this season so far. I mean, the Jem'Hadar alone. Yeah. Are, are more fleshed out and interesting than any of really anybody in enterprise. Cause I was going to say, this is really kind of suffering from the same problem as the temporal cold war thing was, which is it's not really defined what the end game is or what, what the goal is. And it has, it suffers from a large scale version of what I think is like a, a like a, a death sentence for, any sort of like plot is if you, if it comes down to 
main character needs to find out what's going on. That's not a story. Yep. And that's basically what both of these stories have been. It's like, oh, temporal Cold War. The Enterprise needs to figure out what's going on. Well, the Zindi, we need to figure out what's going on. That's that's not an interesting story. That's just, that's like a first draft story. Yeah. That's the drive of any story, really. You know, like at its core, you need to find out what's going on. But the, the story actually sure. takes place around that very that very easy concept of, you know. Yeah, the, the story comes from a more specific yeah. uh, dive into that element. But when you when you stop at main character needs to figure out what's happening then that's it just doesn't work right the the dressing here is that archer needs to figure out what's going on but he also needs to figure out how he's reacting to this threat of what's going on right like that's what Mm -hmm. the show thinks archer is trying to do archer's sort of working towards this place of like recognizing that his bloodlust is not appropriate really like he's going to have a redemption arc basically and that's where the story should be and for all the reasons we talked about before, that's just not the way it's working out to this point. So that's it. Season three of Enterprise. We're halfway done with it at this point. Next episode's Chosen you know, Realm. You know what they should have done? Um, they should have given Archer a gun. And very rarely do I say this. <laughs> Even though, as Michael Scott said, if you want to add drama, just give somebody a gun instantly. Yep. What's more dramatic than a gun? Um. They're, they should have lost their phases or something, and uh, Archer should have taken Le- Leland Orser's got a thirty-eight on him or something, and he ends up taking that to go after the Zindi, and he actually uses a gun to kill one or two of the Zindi. Yep. That way, you've got him using an antiquated barbaric method to do something that's antiquated and barbaric, so he's actually going deeper into this his character spiral yeah this anger spiral and and violent spiral that they they don't have the balls to actually make him do right they just have him dancing around this and you know if he grits his teeth hard enough you're gonna go ooh, archer's really changed this yeah. season yeah you know so that way if they because they don't like they don't like they don't like guns you know have yeah. him have him do something like, you're in a more barbaric time have him do something that lines up with that and then at least you're coming out of this with something to chew on yeah. you know to, to paul just watched archer shoot i'd accept, <laughs> blow, I'd accept blow the back accept of, a, to paul's, of a, uh concerns about this too where i find the hamburger yeah. ridiculous and be like can you shut up like we need to go find the zindi archer capping a bunch of guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> like if you if you got a scene where like he pulls out the gun and to paul's like are you really gonna stoop to this and he's like you gotta the era we're in you gotta do what they gotta do to get by it's a harder time to paul you don't understand yeah like that kind of bullshit the phasers haven't worked he even has a line about the phasers didn't work on these reptilians indies before like we gotta gotta step it up a notch yeah give him something to do that's interesting or makes a step forward or or backwards or anything and and you know it's just a you know it's a waste of time yeah all right, guys. Thanks very much. Hopefully, for this show was not a waste of time. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks very much for listening to Carpenter Street. We'll see you next time.